You are listening to the Rooted Ministry Podcast, a conversation advancing gospel-centered ministry to youth. For more information about Rooted, visit our website at www.rootedministry.com. This particular episode of the Rooted Podcast is from our new ongoing series called Ask Alice. Good morning! Thank you so much for coming and joining me, Mel. I am so thrilled to have you here. Um, You are by far one of my favorite people on earth, and it's so crazy that we just met not too long ago. Yes, like you, I guess, were a soul sister that it took us planning a trip to, or your dad planning a trip to Ukraine for us to get to meet. I know. What a pleasure it has been. It has been such a pleasure. I agree. And I think that, you know, one of my most favorite memories and things that I'm always going to take with me is when we first met and you and I are in the airport together and we are about to board a plane to go to Ukraine and you and I are both like, um... So I guess we're just going to talk about our life stories. So <laughs> we went to, yeah, I guess we did go about yeah. <laughs> right, quick. right, and we had a million hours to do it. <laughs> well, I knew that what I had heard about you, I knew I would like, and obviously I like your dad, and so I just knew I had a I had a good vibe. Awesome, I think I'm going to like this girl. Awesome, so, good. And then, of course, over the course of the trip, it was very clear that we're we have a lot of similarities. I agree. So, um, so, yeah, that's fine. Well, and I've loved to, over the trip, uh, you know, for, for our listeners out there. So, yes. Mel and I went to Ukraine together this yes, past summer. And um, our days were full of counseling and teaching and working. And then our evenings were a lot more low-key. Yes, they And so, were. there were many nights that we could just go and enjoy a lazy dinner together and yes. catch up. And part of that was hearing your life story. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have such an incredible journey that the Lord has taken you on. So would you mind spending just a few minutes and, and kind of telling our listeners, what's your story? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I will make this high, high level. <laughs> um, just grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. My dad was in the ministry, but chaplain in a, at a hospital. And I wanted to go to FSU to study music because I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, he would not have anything to do with that. So he wanted his girls to go to small Christian schools. So my twin sister and I came here to Birmingham, Alabama to go to Stanford, and honestly, I fell in love with it. So Mm. it was just, you know, it wasn't a big, huge school, but it wasn't a small school, Mm -hmm. and so studied music. I met my husband there. We were in ministry together, and about eight years into marriage, everything kind of blew up. So at first it was the Cinderella story. Of, yes, it was. Oh, yes, we met in college and it was wonderful and we're all going to do ministry together. Mm-hmm. And yes. then, like you said, it all blew up. It all blew up. Oh, all right. Yes. So let's shoot straight. Tell us about the blow up. So the blow up was that when my husband and I married, he did not share with me that he was struggling with pornography. And um, I think he had the mentality that I'm just going to fix this in private, and nobody will have to know about it. Right. Uh, we were both virgins when we got married, so sex was going to fix it all. And you and I both know that marriage only puts your problems on steroids. And so there we go. That's and, a perfect way to put it. Yes. <laughs> eight years of marriage. I had four kids. They were five and a half, four, two, and six months old. Wow, and four that's kids. when everything blew up. So um, I don't know that I had the tools to really handle super messy because life was for the most part 
pretty clean and neat for me. And so I stepped into a counselor's office, kind of like, what the heck? Why am I here? How could this be? I love my husband. I take care of my husband. I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm a recovering elder brother. I will go on and put that out there. <laughs> and so I found a lot of significance in, you know, what I did. Yeah. And so I wanted to be the perfect wife and mother and was really working hard, you know, running on that performance treadmill to do that. And, um, you know, it ultimately uh, led to divorce. And it was not the story that I wanted, for sure. But I will just say that God uh, really revealed to me, although Trey's sin was ultimately what led us to divorce, mm-hmm. my sin really showed up after the divorce wow. as, as a recovering elder brother. And wow. how dare you do this? And how dare this be my story? And really, um, publicly, I was really kind to him. Um, and in front of our kids, for the most part, kind to him. But in private, on the phone, I could be quite cruel to yeah, him. Yeah. And um, and really, my pain wanted him to pay for what I did. And so I'm not proud of that, but it really took traveling um, through my pain and really mm-hmm. letting God meet me in my pain mm-hmm. that made me go, okay, God, you're not a God who punishes us. You're not right. a God who wants um, to be punitive. But yeah. um, he joined me in that, and really it was a process of, learning a lot about my beliefs because I really thought, you you know, good choices plus the pursuit of godliness equals perfect life. And Mm -hmm. you can make really good choices in your life and you can pursue godliness and life doesn't necessarily... It can still blow up. Right. Right. Timmy Keller has a really good quote and it says, Christianity um, doesn't give you what you want. It's more like an explosion that blows up everything that we have to make room for something new. Wow. And that's kind of what, what God did is that It took great pain, and I would say the idol of marriage and family, um, blowing up to really go, you know, I love you, even in this messy chapter. And so part of it was inviting him in Mm. and letting him help change some of my stinking thinking and my (laughs) faulty paradigms. I like that, stinking thinking. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So speak to us then as as a mom, because I know most of our listeners out there, we're in this parent world Mm -hmm. and not everybody has a perfect marriage and so I think that because we can have somebody and I know that this is certainly not the end of your story right right um but in the midst of this painful time Mm -hmm. how as a mom how did you walk through this with your children how do you know what to tell them um, how did you know what to keep from them? Because there are some things that children don't need to know. That's exactly right. And that so exactly right. how did you manage that? You know, I was in a church, and, and, and I'll say that, you know, I had family far away from home. My twin sister was about three hours. Mm-hmm. My parents and my older sister were about six hours. And so for me personally, I had a pretty strong community in my church. And there wasn't a lot of divorce um, in my family growing mm-hmm. up. So really, I was at a loss. Of like, how am I going to handle this? And again, as a recovering older brother, I wanted to do it right and yeah. well. Yeah. Because I wanted the Lord to be pleased you know, with me through this process. Mm-hmm. And what that looked like, which is really a gift to me, um, and what I share many times with women mm-hmm. is like, pay attention to this. It was almost like God kept bringing people in the church that I was in. I was in a large church mm-hmm. who had heard, because obviously 
Trey and I both being in ministry, right. both serving in this church capacity, when everything came out, it was quite public. Yeah. And people, for whatever reason, that had gone through divorces as children, it was like they kept coming wow. in, and, and having conversations with me. Wow. And it wasn't like, I don't believe it was like, oh, Melody's going through a divorce, let me tell her this. But it just was, it was very organic. Hmm. And I would be at praise team talking with somebody, and they would they would be. I remember specifically a woman saying, "My mom made me go spy on my dad when he was having an affair with somebody." Oh wow! And just for her to share that, it was almost like God was saying, "Pay attention. Yeah, don't do this. Wake you up. Know, wake up." And so, of course, you know, I go to my little you know journal, and I'm like. Don't, you know, don't do that. And then another person said, keep Trey alive in the house. I didn't like that. Mm. <laughs> but it was like they were talking about how um, this this particular guy was just talking about how his mom did a really good job of, like, talking about the memories that they had had pre-divorce. Wow. And keeping him alive in the house so that that would foster Trey to have a good relationship with the kids. And ultimately, as much as I didn't like him, you know, at that time because he was the source of why we were doing all that. Right. I I did want my kids to have a relationship mm. with them and I did want to foster that. And um, so it was what? almost like keep Trey alive in the house, pray for Trey, don't spy on Trey, you know, just all these different things. Okay, and, can we break those down real yes, quick? Yes. So when you say keep Trey alive in the house what exactly does that mean? So like, that, keep pictures um, of him? No, I'm trying to think. I don't know that we had a lot of pictures around. Now, again, the kids had some pictures of them. I, yeah, I, I remember us having a picture of us at the beach mm-hmm. um, when the kids were really little. And okay. then the kids had pictures with him and them in their rooms. Okay. But keeping Trey alive in the house would be like, because what happens many times is kids feel like, I might be in between mom and dad. Like, mm-hmm. how do I maneuver this? You know, oh. do I talk about mom when I'm with dad? Do I talk about, well, if you're keeping the other parent, for lack of a better word, alive in the house, they're free to talk about it. You remember when we went to the farm and we did that? Oh, I or see. Remember when we went to the beach or when we went camping? And if a kid doesn't feel that freedom, they're shut down mm-hmm. on some levels. Mm-hmm. And then they also feel like there's this loyalty between the parents. I agree with that. I see that yeah. a lot in my practice where will have kids come in and they feel like they have to choose sides. And they're really stuck in this place of feeling like, I don't want to betray mom, but I don't want to betray dad. And I know that mom is really mad at dad and dad is really mad at mom, but ultimately that's their stuff. Absolutely, It's not my stuff as the child, you know? And so I think I I understand what you're saying there. I think that that is helping in clarifying and allowing a child the freedom to speak openly about the other parent right. without fear of condemnation or coming back at, absolutely. oh, I can't believe you're talking about him, and, yep. you know, that kind yep. of thing. Okay. And I'm not going to say that it didn't bring up additional pain. Sure. It did, I'll be happy. You can edit this out if you want to. But there are many <laughs> nights where, you know, the kids, and I, remind me to come back to, the, like, the major, uh-huh. the major Will one do. that I wrote down. But there are many nights where the kids would be talking about stuff. And, like, I ultimately wanted to remember those good things. Mm. I didn't want it to all be bad. I well, mean, I'm, I'm a seven. I'm all about experiences <laughs> and fun and all this. And so I could go to those places with them and we could talk about, you remember when Dad showed up at blah, blah, blah? Or, you know, maybe Trey at that time was uh, 
coaching one of the kids. And so I didn't want them to feel shut down mm. with mom because, mm-hmm. oh, I can't approach the subject with mom because mom's going to be really mad. Yes. However, what I did was I would just enter into those conversations with them. I would enter into certain experiences with them, and they felt the freedom. And and I'm telling you, it was amazing. When you take kids out of the middle because they're not supposed to be yes. there to begin with, they're free to be who they are. Yes. And and I know probably that, that mom who may be in the middle of that right now, they're like, well, I do a good job of that, but my ex doesn't. Oh, that's a great point. Speak to that. Yeah, so I would just say, you keep doing what you need. And yeah. Yes, it's going to be hard and it's going to be hurtful, but you don't have to defend yourself to your kids. So if your ex is blasting you to the kids, you continue to keep alive those memories that allow them to be free in one home. Because even if there's one healthy parent or one parent that's allowing their kids to speak their voice and to share their pain and to enter in with with talking about past experiences, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of hope for a child. I agree with that. There's a great resource, and I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's a children's book, and it's called Dinosaurs Divorce. No. And it is great. Yes. And in that, I encourage parents, when I I know that there's a divorce pending or or having already taken place, I encourage parents to get that book, Dinosaurs Divorce. I have no idea who wrote it, but it's a great little book. And it goes into how it's so important for parents to not blast the other parent. Because I can tell you firsthand that always, always backfires on the parent who is the one talking ugly. Think about it. When we talk about somebody in a negative way, Mm -hmm. especially with a child, and that child loves that person that we're talking about, what does that do? It makes a child have to defend. Yes. It makes a child actually have to grow up and almost be a parent, and that's not fair. It's not fair. So just being allowed, you know, hanging on to yourself, there's growth that can come from that. You know, being able to sit in the discomfort of, I'm talking about this person that has hurt me so so terribly. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's think about the bigger picture. Let your kids be your kids. Let them be a child and let them enjoy these experiences. And that is going to benefit you and it's going to benefit them in the long run because you do want them. There are things that I, you know, in frustration, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, there are things that, that their dad can provide them that I will never provide them because yeah. he's dad. Yep. And then there are things that I can provide our kids as mom that they can't get from their dad. Exactly. So just being able to be that bigger person, and don't hear me say I did it right all the time. I'll tell on myself in just a second. But if we can try to go in with that mentality of, I want my kids to be kids. I want to be able to share these past experiences with them, that that will help them. And it'll help us create a safe environment for them to live their lives. Right. That's going to be huge. And I think for me, it's the difference between winning a battle versus winning the war. Mm-hmm. In that moment, if if you're speaking ugly, then you may win a real short battle. You're not but gonna, you are going to lose that war in the long run. Absolutely, it is it going will, to it will create bite a strange you. relationship. Yes, you may I totally feel like agree. You're winning, because I agree. You've thrown dad under the bus, right? But in the long run, you will lose. Yes, because that, that creates confusion for kids. Why is mom bashing dad? Yes. So I'll, I want to share just this one little um, story where you know I didn't always handle things well. Um, I go into my son's room, and I would love to tuck them in at night. Mm -hmm. And he's seven years old at the time, Mm -hmm. and I'm scratching his back, and I'm praying for him. And all of a sudden, he pops up after we're done with the prayer, and he's like, Mom, 
why why haven't you forgiven dad and of course oh. that's that you know, oh, knife to the heart wow. and I'm like dying and I'll probably cry when I tell you this but oh. I was like dad I was like buddy mommy mommy has forgiven dad and I mean he was my processor he's my internal mm. processor and he said then why aren't you married to daddy oh, you know no. and all I could muster up in that moment was Wow. And, you know, we just, I don't expect you to understand this, but but thank you that, you know, thank you for sharing that with me. And we just had a big cry. Mm. But I will tell you that I tucked him in and I went to the piano, which is where I would just kind of cry to the Lord every night. And then I'm like playing the piano and I go to my bedroom and I hit my knees. And I literally, I was in so much pain from that conversation. I literally, I was like, Lord, you have got to take my husband, my ex-husband out. You have got to. He has got to be hit by a bus. Or he has got to be. He's got to get a disease and die. Like whatever you do, you must take him out because wow. all I could see in that moment was, mm-hmm. if my, you know, if their dad stays in the picture, how am I going to maneuver this pain? And so I want to validate that woman who is out there in the midst of it. I get it. Yeah. You want you maybe you want your ex husband to die. Yes. Or to be taken out. Yes. I get it. Yes. But that pain, if we can reframe that pain pain and go, God, what do you want to show me in this? Because those nights of just deep desperation and pain and fear and uncertainty of what the future was going to look like, he met me in those places. And I'm grateful today that God didn't take him out. Right. (laughs) And and there will be days where maybe they hear a conversation Mm -hmm. that you, Mm -hmm. that you, that they, that you hope that they didn't hear, but use those opportunities to go to your kids and say, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for you to hear that. Yes. you know, let, let's reframe this and let's, let's pray for dad or whatever that looks like. Well, and I love that your seven-year-old had the freedom mm-hmm. to say that to you. And yeah. I think that that really speaks to the openness of the relationship that you had with your, your children. Yeah. That he felt like he could say and yeah. he could call you out and yeah. say, well, why don't you forgive? What does that look like? And I think that you had a a very, that was a crossroad moment. Mm -hmm. You had the opportunity in that moment to either continue a dialogue with your child and say, it is safe for us to have these painful, hard conversations. Or you very easily could have been like, because it's all his fault. Right, exactly. (laughs) And and you could have done that. And, you know, you would probably have been very validated yeah. in doing that, but you would have won the battle and lost the war. That's right. Yeah, that's right. One of the probably most important things that was shared with me, and the hardest, mm. I will say, absolutely hardest things for me to. I'm a talker, mm-hmm. and so sometimes, you know, as as a seven on the enneagram, sometimes mm-hmm. I I um, speak before I think. Uh huh. You know, and I've learned I need to pause and think this thought through before I say this. But one of the hardest things of somebody that came to me was your your husband, what your husband's did as far as like what started this whole explosion and was his story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that mm-hmm. because I thought, well, wait, his story has impacted my story. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I sat in that and I thought, you know, what is it that the kids need to hear? They don't need to hear everything that happened. Huh. That would be horrifying. Um, and so what is it that, that that they can get their heads around? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Trey and I sat down and we talked to our counselors about it. 
And what we came up with at that time, age appropriate, again, they were, when we divorced, they were six, five, four, and two. Okay. Was, you know, daddy broke a promise with mommy and with God. Mm. You know, when we separated, it was daddy's, and I'm not saying that this is the right thing. Uh-huh. I would definitely ask a counselor. But, you know, daddy's taking a time out right now mm-hmm. um, for mommy and daddy to figure some things out. But we love you. We always came back with, we love you. Good. And it, it is not your fault. And you were safe. you're done. And you were yes. safe. Yes. Uh-huh. But then when we divorced, it was mommy, it was daddy broke a, a you know, promise because they didn't know what a covenant was. But right. daddy broke a promise with, with mommy and God and we're not going to be married anymore. And we both was that Was together. Trey willing to own that yeah. that line too? Yes, he was. Wow. He was. And I know that that's not always the case. Yeah. I know that sometimes when, when a woman has to lovingly let go of the relationship to save herself mm-hmm. and, and let go of the marriage, um, that that's not always the case. Yeah. That maybe daddy wants to say, well, mommy got, uh-huh. the, got the divorce. Uh-huh. And that's just a place where I would just say you're just going to have to hang on to yourself. And, you know, let and the, hopefully the truth will come out absolutely. at some point. And Trey eventually did tell the truth. Mm-hmm. But every time, like, life would be hard. You know, our kids are getting older and it's hard. And I felt like sometimes I want to be the Disney World mm-hmm. mom. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be the mom who's having fun all the time. Right. Clean your room and do your homework and... You know, that I would almost, it was like, dang it, I'm going to tell the kids. And it was almost like I'd get this tap, tap, tap. It's not your story to tell. And I mean, I had friends and family and stuff like that. You've got to tell them. They're going to hear from other people. And and it was almost like, mm. no. And I mean, it would literally almost oh, be out of wow. my mouth. And I'm telling you, it's the grace of God that I didn't say it because it did come out when it needed to come out. Wow. But it came out from Trey's mouth. And it was a... It was a day that freed me because it was a burden. Wow. But, it, you know, I will just say, do you want to um, right yourself mm. or do you want to protect your kids? Mm. And that's where we've got to go is they didn't ask for this. Yeah. You didn't ask for it, but yeah. they definitely didn't ask it. And my responsibility is to protect my kids. Yes. And so part of sharing what we shared when we did was really ultimately protecting them. Mm-hmm. And I've just got to sit in the discomfort and the pain and the, you know maybe even people not mm-hmm. understanding why I did what I did mm-hmm. and all of that could be purpose for growth for me so were your kids growth. trying to ask questions did they did they want to know more answers well they were super little when everything happened and so you know what I just kept saying to them is mommy and daddy love you mommy and daddy love you you've not done anything we are for you. And they were hearing that from both of us, That's which was good. really good. So they were hearing a good echo. Yeah. And then we got with an older lady who at that time wrote like kind of, a, it was almost like a, an animated book. It was mm. called Kids Caught in the Middle. Oh. And she took my kids through this. And I, I, I'm trying to find her today. Wow. Her, um, and they were able to uh, color things and where huh. do you think mommy is and daddy is and you know, and that was really good for them just to have a safe place outside of mommy and daddy to talk where they felt like they could share things or they could write a sad face and, and have the freedom to mm-hmm. do that. And so they would bring that home to me sometimes. And again, hard thing mm-hmm. as, you're, as you're watching your kids in pain. But the more and more freedom that they have to talk about it and to have shared experiences where they can talk about memories and things like that. Yes. And, and that reminder of, it's not my fault, it's not my yes. fault, it's not my fault, yes. I think is, is huge. Yes. So so those were things that I believe was very gracious of the Lord to, to not, not easy, but mm-hmm. really, really important. Can I touch back on something? And I mm-hmm. realize that I'm a counselor, and so this is a shameless plug. 
But I totally agree with you in letting your kids have uh, an outside party. It doesn't have to be a counselor, but have a youth director right. or a coach or a mentor, a this teacher. Is like a grandma. She I was mean, amazing. Yes, have she somebody grandma, who's not mom and dad. Yes. That the child can go and vent and cry and not feel caught in the middle because yes. even even the best plans yeah. are so messy, yes. you know. And so yes. having that other other place, mm-hmm. I, I for any parent out there, I would strongly encourage. Even if your kids say, "I don't want to go to counseling," look, I work with teenagers. I get that all the time. That's right. That's Every right. teenager in my yeah. office says, "I don't want to be here." And that's okay because eventually they do want to be here. They do want to start trusting other adults and recognizing that not every relationship is going to look like what happened with mom and dad. That's right. That's right. And, I I mean, 100%. It doesn't have to be a counselor. Yes. You know, it may be if there's a lot of strain. Yes. Um, There are some really great counselors. Trey and I didn't necessarily have to do this. We had some people in our Sunday school class that helped walk with us through this mm-hmm. but I think a counselor where um, two spouses that are getting divorced go sit with that counselor and say yes. how can we best handle this put your big girl panties and your big boy panties on and it's not about y'all it's about the kids we're fighting for our kids and let's see what the counselor wants to say they can help you craft the message yes if you have to read it you know to your kids read it but then allow your kids you know I, I don't think we ever said the word counselor but like Here's, here's somebody that you can go talk to. Yes. You know, that will allow them to find some relief in some of this. And somebody who can just nod their head and mm-hmm. validate what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. because, Or play therapy. I think many times you uh-huh. know play therapy or coloring. All those things help get some of the pain that they're experiencing out of their bodies. Right. And that confusion. Yes. And that confusion. Too. Well, and I think it's really great for parents, like you're saying, to go to a family therapist. Yes. And work together on what are going to be the rules in our household and mm-hmm. not every house is going to look the same. That's right. But as closely as possible, if we can have some kind of unity in these two households and that way kids aren't going from an apple to an orange, because that's a really confusing place for a child to have to go back and forth on different rules right. and who's going to be the strict parent and that's who's right. going to be the lenient parent and who has a bedtime and who doesn't and where do I make my lunch and mm-hmm. That's a really confusing thing for a child. Yes. And so if, as parents, we can come together and say, this is what we are going to do. That's we right. are still going to parent our children, right. even if it's in two different households. That's right. And if you are a, a spouse that is not, or, or maybe your ex or soon-to-be ex is not on the same page, mm-hmm. then I think even more importantly, you need to go to a counselor and say, I cannot control the situation, yes. but how do I maneuver? How do I navigate this situation? Yes. And you need that because, at, you know, if this is not being handled like you would like it, it's only going to ramp up those emotions. And yes. so having somebody outside of your your norm to process that with who is for you, who can validate what you're going through, but help you continue to put some framework so that you feel some sense of security. That's what this process is. Yes. It will be so, so helpful. Yes. Don't think... Well, wait, this is his problem. And I did think that for a while. This is his problem. He needs to go get fixed, and all is great because I'm great. But then uh, it doesn't take too long nope. for you to go, I'm a hot mess. I'm not good. I need the Lord's like, really? Me. Really? Yeah. You want to go there? Let's see how long you're okay. <laughs> How's that working for you? <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah. 
get get a trusted professional to help you. Yeah. So were there traditions and things that you tried to maintain within your household? Absolutely, yes. Um, and it's really funny. I, I mean, I loved a lot about my childhood growing up, and I wanted to maintain a lot of that. Mm. Um, one of the things, as Trey and I were headed toward divorce, Christmas Eve was really important to him. That was like a really um, sweet time in the house with the kids, and so we made sure he had Christmas Eve. Mm. And I always wanted the kids to wake up in their beds on Christmas morn, mm-hmm. and he really respected that for me. So we were able to kind of work through some of that. Um Another huge thing that was important to me growing up as one of three girls was going on dates with my dad. And again, as much as I did not like Trey and what he had done, I wrote in our divorce decree every Thursday night he would take one of the kids out on a date, which meant once a month, so that's not a whole lot with four kids. But I'm telling you what, and again, this did create some additional pain for me. They go out with dad, they come back, and they're whistling, and they're happy, Mm. and all that. And I wanted that because that's what I had. Yes. And that is what ultimately, I believe, helps save a kid from a lot of pitfalls mm-hmm. growing up when they do have that, you know, relationship with a trusted adult. Maybe it's not dad, maybe it's granddad, or yes. maybe it's a, a mentor from church. Right. I mean, there are other aspects of that if it's not dad. But I wanted that, and um, that was huge. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes seeing their sweet little faces, I mean, in the moment, I would be so happy for them because mm-hmm. I knew what that was for me. But then they're... You know, nights I just had to go pray and say, this is just not fair. This and hurts. that's right. This and hurts. It's not, it's not fair. fair. And it's okay. Yeah. Um, God can meet us in those moments. And again, they can be moments where I can just sob on the floor mm-hmm. and I can bang my fists mm-hmm. and nobody has to hear it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not alone in this. Yes, you know? I'm not alone in this. So, that's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Well, kind of guide us through your story a little bit because... Like we said at the beginning, this was not the end of your story. To God be the glory. Yes. So can you kind of talk us through? Yeah. So uh, well, I'll try to kind of zip through all that. There were uh, there was another failed relationship that I actually had, and that was I would say um, that when Trey and I went through divorce um, as a recovering elder brother, Mm -hmm. I kind of went up on my holy mountain a little bit higher, looking down upon. Got it, got it. <laughs> Hate to admit that, but let's just call it what it is. And, um, you know, and I again, I so wanted to do the right thing. Didn't always do the right thing, but so wanted that because I didn't want my kids to be a statistic. Yeah. You know, I wanted um, my kids to have a good relationship with the, their dad, but, I mean, it just, it's hard. I mean, yeah. you know, divorce is a no-win situation. It really no, it's, it's a no-win. It's a no-win situation. But God really used um, me traveling through the waters of divorce and experiencing what I did and healing from all of that mm-hmm. to really um, gain a better understanding of, of God and mm-hmm. his love for me and that I didn't have to work so hard to earn the Father's smile because mm-hmm. that was kind of my mentality. I wanted him so happy with me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my growing up, years was performance it was sports and it was singing and ministry and all that so I I was used to being in that and then when life doesn't turn out like you want it it was like wait help me reframe I'm a box checker (laughs) what is this I checked all the boxes and and so God really began to I guess for lack of a better word you know like I said the 10 killer quote kind of blew up everything I knew Mm. to make room for yeah blew up everything that I knew to make room for something Mm. And um, so that 
that was Trey and I were ultimately divorced for six years. It's funny because I met your dad during that time. Wow. And uh, stepped into an office with him, and he just re- began to do some real deep work and and me better understanding myself and mm-hmm. my wiring. Um, and so I came down off of my holy mountain, wow. and it was a series of arguments that Trey and I had where he called me out on some things, wow. and um, I didn't like that. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> you know, the elder brother couldn't celebrate the problem mm. coming home. Wow. And, um, and that's really what he began to expose through the course of my divorce was mm. my sin and my treatment of Trey and the scorecard that I had. And, you know, there was a time in our, in our six years of divorce where he was kind of in a lose-lose with me. You know, if he was a Disney World dad, I was like, that's the con artist, blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm saying all this to myself and probably a couple of my girlfriends. Yeah. Um, but then if he wasn't doing what I liked, he was, you know, the, the sex addict or, you know, whatever. Yeah, else I yeah. Have. So we really was in a lose-lose. And it was your dad that actually called me out on that wow. after an argument that Trey and I had. And so I wasn't aware of what I was doing. But I'm, I'm grateful that he called me out yeah. on that because I was able to go back to Trey and say, you know, this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. And and just owning the, you know, the pain that I received from that, but not wanting him to pay for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. It, mm-hmm. it can feel really good, but it doesn't really do a whole lot of good for you. Well, it feels good in the moment. It's a cancer. But it doesn't. Yes, yeah. that's just it. Yeah. It doesn't last, mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't. So, so when we finally got to that place, mm-hmm. and your dad called me out on this scorecard that I had, um, and I was able to go to Trey, um, I had to put my big girl panties on again and suck it up and just repent of what wow. I had done and the things that I had said. And what was so sweet of Trey mm-hmm. was his kindness, you know, him being wow. able to say, I know that's your pain talking. Wow. You know, like I know. It was like he validated even though it was not right what I did but he validated I know that that was your pain talking to me talking to me I know that was your pain that was treating me that way and so again it exposed me that his kindness really was was such grace yeah it was really 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 good and so again if you had you know I think if somebody had bet me a million dollars that reconciliation would have ever been in the cards I would have been like Oh heck yes, I'm going for that. I only uh-huh. I only make a bet when I know I'm going to win. Um, in our house, even today, it's like, <laughs> and, and again, it's like bets. Like um, I'll bet you, bet you a week you're going to have to make the bet, or you have to make the, you know. <laughs> right. So I only bet when I know that I know I'm going to win. Right. I, I would have bet money on on that. That wow. you know, if you had asked me if we'd ever reconcile, I'd been like, heck no. Um, mm-hmm. And even at one point, I guess about two or three years into our divorce, I had some ladies at our church come to me and. And they said, and they're so sweet. They were like, we're praying for reconciliation. And I was like, oh, please don't. <laughs> I was like, you know, I you would love for you to pray for that. me. Don't do that. Right, pray for right. me. Pray for the kids. Right. Pray for Trey. But please don't pray No, no. No, no. No, no. But anyway, a series of arguments mm. actually was what, what kind of landed us wow. back into a place where I was staring in the face of reconciliation and absolutely scared to death. Um, and landed back in your dad's office. But um, it was really one of the key turning points was mm-hmm. Trey sitting down and telling the kids everything that he had done. Wow. And that So he those, did he at did, some point. He did. He, um, he came in one Saturday morning, and 
And the series of arguments that we had allowed us to get fully on the same page as co-parents. Mm. And uh, he would come over and help the kids with homework, or we'd show up at a ball game together. Wow. And it was really cool. I mean, and again, never thought about the word reconciliation. Wow. But we had just like, we're like, we're, we, there are no two people, people on the face of this earth mm. who are more invested and who love our kids more. So You're let's so just right. do a good job of this together. Yeah. And so we had gotten to a point where I'd be like, Tal, say that again. I'm going to call you dad. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I'd pick up the phone and I'd be like, can you talk to our son? Or what? I mean, just like it was that kind of. Wow. He, you know, he got your back. I mean, you really that. could yes. defend each other. And yeah. And because it was good. Because well, and kids, it goes back to y'all being yeah. unified. Yes. You were a unified front. And we know in the context of marriage, yes. kids like to work it, right? Yes. And they love to oh. come in between mom and dad. So in a divorce situation, exactly. they love, love, love. Really love it. So yes. we had gotten to a point where we're like, oh, no, 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 I'm mm-hmm. calling mom. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, no, you won't speak to me like that. Right. I'm calling dad. You right. know? And so it was almost like, I'm telling dad. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And so it, we had gotten to a really, really good place. But one particular Saturday morning, he came over and um, plopped down in our living room and mm-hmm. I was in the kitchen, and we I just cleaned up the kitchen, and it was really strange because usually it was like craziness when he'd come over, and mm-hmm. then he might take them to the playground or go play or whatever. But this particular morning, he kind of walks them with a serious face, and I was like, okay, what's going on with that? Right. And all of a sudden, just kind of starts asking them these questions about the commandments, and I was like, okay, this is not like what you do, yeah. Like, where is this coming from? But I'm I'm just I'm just observing, and. He starts asking about all these commandments, and he lands at the, what is, do y'all know what thou shalt not commit adultery is? And, wow. Um, and my girls, I think at this point, they're like, it's 2008, so um, maybe 11, 10, 8, and 6. Okay. So, you know, they had grown up, and they were in a little Christian school, and so they, they knew all the commandments. Mm-hmm. And But my girls, who are my bookends, who are like 11 and 6, mm-hmm. said, is that when a... A mommy or daddy who uh, likes another a mommy daddy that they're not married to. Oh, that was what they said. Wow. And I mean, in the moment that they said that, I mean, my mouth was on the floor because I knew. Wow. I knew it. I knew what was getting ready to happen. I was like, because I had this lie that the enemy would share with me. And it was like, he's going to be 80 on his deathbed and he will never say this. And wow. this is going to be a burden that you carry forever. Huh. You know, that was that was just, and I had kind of come to go, okay, yeah, that's going to be my reality, mm. you know, and, and just wait, 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 and um, all of a sudden, I'm facing, he's not 80, he's, what, 36, wow. and he is, he is owning this, and I mean, I'm flabbergasted, and so he comes out, and he tells the kids exactly what had happened, I mean, not obviously the detailed details, but he shared what he did, and and I'm just watching them, and I'm, like, floored, and I'm crying. And I remember our girls, like it was yesterday, um, wrapped their arms around their dad's um, around their dad's neck and said, Daddy, I forgive you. Oh, man. It was just this moment. And you know what? what's amazing? It was a moment for me. Yeah. You know, it was a moment for them with their dad of just understanding that we serve a God of reconciliation mm. and getting that experience. But that moment was for me mm. that moment was like God saying baby girl if you'll release all that pain I'll do some heart surgery here on you wow. and it was like he had his arm around me and he was like just let go let go wow and 
also, it was it was a powerful moment. And I, and I don't say that lightly. I know that there are women, you know, it yes. may never happen. Right. You know, and I had embraced, this will probably never happen, mm-hmm. you know. But it was a gift because it, it really did release. It's almost like that final little piece of pain, you know, for me to just let go and yeah. not hang on to. Because I thought I had forgiven him, but there was still some forgiveness. To, to walk through. So. Well, and I think that there's yeah. so much comfort there that the Lord is going to give the gifts that yes. he knows that we need. Yeah. And so for others who may not have a reconciliation story, right. he's still not going to hold back right. on the gifts that we need. And there's right. so much comfort and yes. joy in that, that it may not look the the storybook way, right. but and there you know are God, still so many gifts. What God wants more than anything is mm-hmm. he wants Mm. And he wants restoration with us, mm. reconciling our pain with him, restoring what's, what once was lost. Yes. Being able to go through, I feel like if there's a loss of my innocence or a loss of time or a loss of years that I've given to this person who yeah. has hurt me, whatever that looks like, he wants restoration first. Yes. And that happens with us with him if we allow him to come into that pain. Yes. I mean, reconciliation can be a byproduct of that individual restoration, but that's really what it was. If I had done all this work and Trey had not, reconciliation still mm-hmm. wouldn't have been possible. Mm-hmm. And if he had done all this work and I had not, right. I still would have been a hot mess. Right. Inside, it may have not been a public hot mess, but I was a hot mess. Right. And so that's what I think I want women to grasp more than anything mm-hmm. is leave the leave the results to the Lord but work on healing, whatever that looks like. Betrayal was what I had to heal from, mm-hmm. but it could be loss of a child. It could be loss of a parent. It could be a broken relationship. Yeah. It could be a strained um, relationship with a coworker. But, like, whatever that dark chapter is that we're going through, you know, bring God into it. Mm-hmm. Yell and scream mm-hmm. and cuss and whatever you got to mm-hmm. do to the heavens. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're not too much for God to step into that moment. Yeah. And he's writing your story, and it's really, really dark. But it's a chapter. It is a chapter. And just like a good book or a good movie, we don't have the horrible parts, the whole movie, right? Right. There's different chapters, and there are more chapters to come. Exactly. But that chapter will hold you hostage if yeah. you don't do the work. Mm-hmm. So don't miss. You may be experiencing pain from another person, but it's your job. It's your choice with what you're going to Mm-hmm. So go see an Alice. Oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> or go see, go see somebody. Yeah. Because you can't, you know, we think that we can get through this by ourselves. Yeah, but we can't. Go and, see you. <laughs> Talk about your ministry for uh, a second. This is such, I've just loved our time together. And it would be crazy for us to not talk about the work that the Lord has done through you and Trey yeah. um, through this and, and Undone Redone. So yeah. tell us about Undone Redone real quick. So Undone Redone is uh, obviously, you you know, I don't know about y'all, but God loves to undo and redo, yes. and um, we are all about uh, death and resurrection, and we get to see that firsthand in the scriptures, and that's kind of what I do, and, and if you would say, oh, so y'all just got married and um, started this ministry, I was like, no. We got married, and I would say that on some levels, I went into mama bear mode, you know, like, Trey and I were really working, you know, on what this new normal was going to look like, 
But I, you know, our family was back together. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to do is ministry, if I'm being completely honest. Uh Because that was where we lost ourselves to begin with. Like, I want to move to an island, and I want to play. Right. Because it's been really hard this decade. Right. (laughs) Right. So now we're in la-la land. So now we're in la-la land. I don't want to do hard. And this woman comes, and this woman finds me on Facebook, and I'm like, no, no, no. God, did you hear me? I want to move to an island. Uh I don't want to do this. Mm. But, you know, God. I do. God has a sense of humor and yes. he loves for our pain points and and he there's purpose in our pain mm-hmm. I guess for lack mm-hmm. of a better word and so um, ultimately I came came on board I, I I showed up a little bit kicking and screaming because I think for me I just didn't know what it looked like yeah I don't know how to do ministry and not lose myself mm-hmm. I don't know how to help others and make my family a priority mm-hmm. and so it was really again having some people in my life to go what does this look like yeah how do I not answer the phone when I know that there's a wife bleeding out on the floor. Right. And I need to say, I'm sorry, I've got to feed my family. Right. You know, and it was also listening to my kids. I remember getting in the car with my son at one point, and he was like, Mom, I don't want you on the phone when I'm in the car with you. Mm. And I was like, thank you. Wow. You know, but that he had the freedom to say that yeah. to me because I didn't want them to hate ministry. Right. You know, and that, I, I, I would love to say it's black and white, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've just done it well, but we've always come back and gone, how are we doing? And are we bleeding out? Yeah. Do we need to reassess? Right. And what does that look like? That's but, so good. But that's kind of, that's what I get to do today. I get to walk with women, whether it's parenting, you know, primarily mm-hmm. a lot of it's through pain, mm-hmm. you know, different pain points in their life. Right. And a lot of women. Trauma, betrayal. Trauma, betrayal, things like that. But I love to sit down with a woman and just, how do, how do we shepherd our kids' hearts in this digital yeah. age? Or how do we, how do I talk to my kids about healthy sexuality and their bodies and right. sex and porn and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I love, I love all of it. I really do. So how could somebody find you? Tell us your So um, they can go to inunredone.com and um, they can go to Melody, M-E-L-O-D-Y, like a song, at inunredone.com and they can find me. All of our information is there. My, our 1-800 number is there. My cell phone is there. Great. So, can text me I'm a big texter so well you are such yeah. an incredible incredible reference point for everyone so I truly hope that people will tap into the gifts that you have given and I can't thank you enough for your time today gosh thank you for having me you were just so good for my soul Aww. it's great to be with you and well uh, it, it was great having you on our podcast and I know we have many more to do well so. thank you yes yeah, so yeah. we'll definitely do this again well, thank you. Thanks for listening to The Rooted Podcast, where we hope to communicate the truths of the gospel and apply those truths to youth ministry. We would love for you to check out our website, where we publish articles daily, geared towards both youth ministers and parents. You will also find resources and more information about our conferences, regional events, and more at www.rootedministry.com. This podcast is made available to you by the Rooted Ministry for educational purposes only, not to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the author and do not represent the views of all counselors or the profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.